my name is Reverend Amy and welcome to the latest episode of the WTF podcast. Where's the faith in the middle of a global pandemic? The WTF podcasts chats with different guests each week looking at their story of 2020. What were the highs? What were the lows? Where's their faith in the middle of a global pandemic? In the midst of a crisis, when things are difficult, when we're unsure of what might happen next, where's the faith? How, as followers of Jesus, are we to respond? Welcome to the WTF podcast. On today's episode of the WTF Where's the Faith podcast, I'm delighted to introduce a good friend of mine, Ollie Deeks, Centre Director of Camberley Youth for Christ. Ollie has been a pioneer in encouraging youth workers to engage with young people online. I'm so excited to hear about what Ollie will have to share with us about where he has seen God at work in the past 12 months. Hey Ollie, how are you doing? I'm very good, thank you, Amy. I'm I'm great, thank you. Yeah, good day so far. Very good day. Yeah, very good day. Um can't say I've achieved that much, but it's been a good day. It's been a good day. <laughs> Those are the kind of days where you just need once in a while, isn't it? I mean, it is still very early in the day. You've probably got a busy day ahead. Um, Ollie, thanks for being here for uh, this episode of WTF uh, Pandemic. Before we get started, do you want to just share a little bit about who you are? Introduce yourself a little bit. Yeah, of course. Yeah, so uh, I'm Ollie and I'm the Centre Director for Camelie for Christ. Uh, so that's how I got to know you, Amy, through the Youth for Christ connections. Whoop, whoop. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I've been the director for them for coming up to three years now. And uh, before then, I was a youth worker for a local church and I was there for like six years, I think it was. So I've been around youth ministry, you know, around about nine, around nine, ten years. Um, what else about me? Um, I have an identical twin brother who also works for Youth for Christ. Um, and my wife is called Rebecca my brother's wife is called Rebecca I assure you they are different people we don't share a wife (laughs) none of that that business Um, and another thing about me is I love sport I love football particularly football who's your team Ollie? I support Sheffield Wednesday God's chosen football team Ah. (laughs) when you say you like football that's quite a you know a misleading sentence right so (laughs) hey now hey now I support a proper football team wow (laughs) I tell you in Camberley where I am speak with the young people like oh yeah who do you support oh I support Man United Man United but you (laughs) live in the south why do you support Man United oh because they're the best team uh well a they're not um and b you should support your local team come on now woking fc great football team all the shot fc anyway <laughs> i mean i do say that with a high level of irony because i'm actually an arsenal fan so i have no comment to make on quality football at all really um but much. i have many teams i support you know uh growing up i was I'm a, i am a glasgow rangers fan they were my local team when i was younger um, but I've supported Arsenal for many years, but also one of my favourite things to do is whenever I get to go back to Scotland, um, my dad supports Montrose FC. You won't even have heard of them, but they are like a tiny team in kind of the third division. So like Premiership, Championship. We were in League One and doing OK in League One, you know. The most nice. exciting time of our lives was one season. We almost got um, 
kicked out of the Scottish League because we finished bottom, had to have like a bit of a relegation playoff, and then like the next year won the league. So, you know, all about the 100 people freezing by a pitch. Yeah. You have to hear what everyone's saying, football well, life, you know? Yeah, my, my parents live in Scotland as well. And uh, okay. the, the football team that we support when we're uh, in Scotland is St Johnston. Wow, do you have Perth? Yeah, well, they live north of Perth. They live in Pitlockery. Okay, my parents uh, live in Perth, so... Oh, do they? Oh, cool. Oh, <laughs> great. Oh, how, do we, how have we not connected this before? I don't know, but, but my parents literally live like a 15-minute walk from McDermott Park, so... Really? Why? Well, all the new chat. This is the <laughs> content people have tuned in for this week, but that's exciting. We can talk more about Perth. They've only lived there for a few years because usually I don't say I'm from Perth. You know, my family just have moved there recently. So yeah. maybe that's why we haven't made the connection. But uh, exciting, exciting time. Quick funny story for you. When my parents first moved to Scotland, it was through my dad's job. He's an engineer and worked for SSE. And uh, getting my hair cut in Sheffield, which is where I'm from, and uh, just started having a chit chat with them and then saying about my parents are moving to Perth. And they went, Perth, oh, that's lovely. Oh, it's so nice and so warm there. <laughs> and I was just like, what? And then I just kind of let it continue. She, she fought Perth, Australia. Um, so I, she thinks I'm in Australia, but, you know, I'm just, just going to keep that there. <laughs> I have that conversation all the time as well. Oh, yeah, my parents are in Perth. Oh, how do you cope with the time difference? And it's like, what do you mean, you know? <laughs> That must be an awful long journey. I'm like, yeah, t- you know, it's about a seven hour, you know, train ride or 10 hours. Do you not need a plane? You know, it took me a long time to realise what people were really asking. But it's <laughs> funny the way that that happens. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, Ollie, we know each other from being you for Christ directors together. Um, that hopefully means that you know Jesus. <laughs> I know you do. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your faith journey and, and what Jesus means to you? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I, I guess I, I, I was brought up in a Christian home, so I was influenced by, uh, with, with my faith and uh, went to a, a non-denominational church. And uh, for me, friendship was very key. I, I've, um, my close group of friends, we all went to the same church. Uh, we all used to hang out with each other at church and after church. And actually, youth work was a uh, was very uh, important to me and I had a great a great youth group um, so that really helped with my with my faith um, but I guess particularly when I was 13 I decided that I wanted to give my life to the Lord and uh, I got baptized um, and uh, like I remember like going to Soul Survivor afterwards and having some great experiences there and you know having close group of friends around you know my faith really kind of um, thrived when I was young and then uh, I went to university and uh, uh, I mentioned like I, lo- I love sport. I uh, went to uni to, to become a PE teacher. Um, so that's kind of my background. And uh, at uni, I kind of was a bit naive with my faith in that um, I didn't really like do some like proper church shopping. And I just stayed the most, I went to the most convenient church and it actually wasn't the church for me, which I, I can now look at. Um, I just went for what was easiest and um, I, I didn't really make any friends in church. Um, and I, I think I was I was actually led astray, really, with my faith. I wasn't really the most best uh, Christian witness to my my friends at uni. 
had a, I had a great time at uni, don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I wasn't really a practicing Christian, which wasn't, which wasn't a great witness, which was a shame because it was a real opportunity to do that. And I, I do think that friendship was a big thing for me that, that um, I didn't try and invest in new friendships, uh, which was a bit of a shame. Um, and then uh, whilst I was at uni, I uh, decided to uh, spend my summer volunteering at a Christian camp uh, in France uh, called LPO, which is uh, Spring Harvest. And um, it was there that I was kind of like, like, what am I playing at? Like, why am I doing this? Why am I being a plastic Christian? Why am I not being someone who lives, lives by faith? Um, and so I, I kind of came back to uni and made some changes. Um, and that kind of like got me back on track, really. Um, and then, um, so yeah, so I, it's kind of been up and down. Um, I've never really like completely led, uh, gone astray from my faith, but I did get caught up in um, at drugs at uni. Um, particularly like weed um and uh it was there that I you know I really kind of fell short um and you know it, it wasn't really it was a it was a hard time really for my faith um but I did have some great conversations with my uni friends about you know God and like you know the existence of Jesus and what does that mean and um even though I had turned away I still kind of kept those conversations going and then um yeah, so so uh, yeah, so the, a bit of an up and down journey, and another big part for me is um, was that um, I kind of got stuck into the Baptist church, which my parents go to in Scotland, because um, I lived with them after uni, and it was there that uh, I kind of fell into youth work as well, and volunteered at the the church there, and um, I'd really like had a turn, had a change for for my attitude towards my faith as well. And I guess, you know, the, the initial question is, what does, what, does, um, what does my faith mean to me? Well, actually, it means everything to me. It's impacted my job, my career. Um, it's impacted um, my life choices that I'm, when I moved down south and became the youth worker of the church, um, I wanted to make sure that my partner would share the same beliefs and faith as me. And so I ended up, you know, going on a Christian dating website because I wasn't meeting anyone. And I'm now married to, to Becca. Uh, and we met through a Christian dating website. And so that has impacted it as well. And I, I remember one time taking a young person home from some youth work and the young person asked me, like, do you ever think what your life would be like if you weren't a Christian? And I guess for me, like, like I can see what it would have, wouldn't have been like from my university experience. And it was just so shallow. It was all about me. Um, whereas now my faith is, you know, I'm trying to think about others and trying to lead like Jesus leads um and so yeah so my faith to me means everything oh, i love that and i think i think that's you know when people ask you that question and it's something that i you know have thought about so what would my life look like without jesus like what would have been the direction and that kind of, and it it's almost impossible i think to start to realize kind of you know when you are working for a christian charity when you you know the decisions that you make and, and not just mm. in a kind of, i guess practical job way but actually when you start to think about um, you know the character and the decisions that you're making like you know I think back to when I wasn't in a great faith place or you know my faith wasn't as important and and what was the measure for the decisions that I was making actually it's very different now to the decisions we make when we're trying to I don't know follow Jesus's example or you know live the way that he calls us to live as his followers not that we always get it right but it's an interesting measure of um, okay where where are you in my life God and what does this look like going forward yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I, I think for me as well, like I'm, um, I, I set each year, I set like, uh, like statements of the type of person I want to be. And the one that's kind of 
stuck with me these last few years that I've been started doing this is that I want to be the type of person who's a Christ-like follower. Like that's the one that I always say at the start. And it's like, well, how do I prove that to myself that I'm that type of person? And it's like, well, it's my everyday choices that I make. It's the habits that I do that proves to me that I'm casting a vote for that type of person I want to be. Um, and you know what? I don't have to be perfect, but as long as that's uh, I'm still casting votes, it's like, you know, when you have an election, uh, the person who's elected, they don't need 100 percent. Actually, they only need how much is it? <laughs> this is my terrible <laughs> politics knowledge. Is it like 70? I don't know. So it's Just not a coalition. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> is it just one? Well, right, okay, let's do it like that. So, uh, yeah, they need 51%, whatever. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I guess my everyday choices are impacted by my decisions of the type of person I want to be. Yeah, yeah, no, I love that, I love that. Hey, so in the WTF podcast at the moment, we, well, this podcast started, this this series started out as WTF 2020, because, you know, 2020 was a crazy year for a whole host of reasons it's now been the series has been renamed WTF pandemic because obviously we're no longer in 2020 but we're still living under the shadow of a lot of what maybe 2020 exposed we're still in the same kind of uh, storm if we want to use that language you know we're still living in with the after effects and still actually on in the middle of the storm of COVID-19 um, but what I, what I want to do is, is we kind of explore kind of how 2020 how this pandemic has been for you and your personal life and in the work you do wonder if you want to just give us only a quick overview of how 2020 how how the last 12 months say have been for you mm. I guess they have been hard they have been tough um and you know lockdown has changed everything and it's changed uh, my, my my job my day-to-day -day work um I um work in local secondary schools and then being short meant I couldn't really work in there anymore um, so I, I guess it's it has changed everything um, but actually I, I found there's been a lot of positives as well like um, during lockdown I started doing regular running and going out for, for jogs and stuff and doing more like you know healthy habits and I started doing like a bit of a mindfulness um, kind of prayer meditation type thing um, and I don't know if I would have done that if this lockdown had, or the, the pandemic hadn't happened. Um, and I think I've been given the gift of time for some for some of these things that I've always wanted to do, but never really. I've always come up with a hundred excuses, and normally the number one excuse is not having enough time. So um, yeah, I think I think there's been that aspect, and I don't know. I think I've really noticed like there was a, a good like environmental impact as well. Um, you know, there weren't as many cars. This lockdown has been a bit different. There has still been quite a few cars on the road. But I remember the first one, there wasn't many cars on the road, getting out for a, a walk every day, um, which was which was really great. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I do. I think naturally I'm quite a positive person. And like, even though it was it's been hard, it's been difficult. Actually, there's, I've um, I've been quite positive through it. And, um, you know, I guess being the leader of a, a youth work charity as well, like I needed to make sure that that okay this is happening let's reassess let's still seek god let's still seek our mission let's lead with our mission because there's still so much opportunity out there and um opportunity to to reach young people online to you know to do different things so yes yeah. it's been it's been a challenge but there has been positives as well do you want to say maybe a little bit more around what it what has it been like at this time to to lead a charity in a time, I guess, of 
um, you know, pandemic of, you know, we talk about um, a lot with the government around the focus on economy and, you know, some of those difficulties. What's it been like to, to lead, to be the director of a Christian youth work charity in the middle of a pandemic? Mm. I, it has, yeah, yeah, it's been hard, but I, I'm always, I remember going for a run in, I think it was May, I think it was. And um, I'm very fortunate that we've got this, uh, I've got a country park near us and I was just running in there. And I remember thinking, oh gosh, this pandemic, I can't go into school, what we're going to do now almost. But then I did feel like a sense of peace and I was kind of taken back to the, like the mission and like lead, lead with the why, um, because it's the why that keeps going. And um, I just like thinking about, you know, what, why was the actual charity set up in the first place? What is our history? And it's about, you know, people, Christians coming together, wanting to help young people, either help them um, overcome their issues, uh, but then also have that faith element there as well. And so it's like, well, just because we're not defined by what we do, but why we do it. And I think a lot of it, I was like, am I defining our work by we work in secondary schools? Is that is that all I'm in defining by? Because if that's it, then I can't work anymore. But actually, if I'm defining myself by why we exist, then uh, that means we can do new things. We can try and be creative and and start new projects and try and reach young people online, doing stuff with Zoom, social media, um, you know, whatever uh, we can do that is is reaching young people. So, um, yeah, I guess it was it was it was hard. And I like I think if we're thinking about like um, money as well. Um, we've been blessed that actually a lot of like 50% of our income is from uh, churches and then the other 50% is from um, givers, individual donors. And uh, our money actually hasn't changed, which we've been so blessed with. Um, We have had a few churches that have reduced some of their giving, um, but they haven't stopped, which has helped us to keep going. Um, We've had a couple of fundraisers as well, which has helped us to kind of keep going. And, And we're now actually in a position where we're looking to, recruit a, a new youth worker where I know in the news you read about all um a lot of companies going bust and um but our money has we've been so blessed by God um and um and I I I don't know why and and you know it's it's sad to hear of some other churches having to close and mm. and I think it is because we're leading with our, our our mission we lead with the why um so um yeah, and I, I think as well, Amy, that I am naturally a people person, and I think that's been hard not being around people all the time. And Zoom is great, but I, it can get a bit tiring, can't it, doing Zoom all the time? So, um, yes, it's been an interesting period being a leader. But I think I've I've had some really good leadership lessons in that. Just lead with the why, don't lead with what you do. Mm, I really love that kind of the <laughs> lead with the why not what you do. I think this past 12 months has really been a time, I think, of reassessing so many things in life, hasn't it? And also mm. just maybe taking stock of where we've maybe just fallen into habits or we just do this because it's what we've always done or, you know, uh, there has been a space, I guess, in the last 12 months of reassessing, well, as you say, coming back to the why. Why do I do this? Why is this of value to me? How do I prioritise the right things within that? And as you said, the real gift of time. Um, you know, we, we live in a world that until probably last year was defined by, or success was increasingly becoming defined by how busy you were. You know, in the sense of there was almost like a like a medal to be won or a mantra around. Oh, sorry, I'm just so busy. You know, and almost I guess a lot of our 
need for self-evaluation coming from am I busy am I involved in enough stuff and actually for for a lot of people uh, 2020 or the last 12 months is really almost ground to a halt in some ways our social diaries our ability our travel time you know it's it's, it's incredible the the way of I had to learn the lesson quite early on in that first lockdown in terms of I didn't need to have meetings back to back because I didn't used to have that because I would always at least have had a 30 minute travel or time on a bus. And I was going, why am I exhausted by a whole day of meetings? Oh, it's because you've literally done a whole day of meetings with no processing time, no travel time. And actually that kind of completely unsustainable way to live, you know, Mm. Um, uh, but it has been fascinating. I wonder, you were starting to tease out, Ollie, a little bit of um, some of the positives and what I have called kind of the hurdles. Um, I wonder, yeah, what have some of those been for you? What have been potentially some of the difficult parts? Or I know you're a positive person. Maybe you want to do positives before negatives. Or maybe you want to do negatives and then encourage yourself positives afterwards. We're, we're in your hands. What do you want to do first? <laughs> Let's start with the negatives and then we'll go yeah. for the for the positives. So I, some of the negatives is um, so some of our uh, youth work is running Christian unions uh, in the schools. And um, we don't get um, we don't have people register because it's in the school. Um, so we don't have contact details of the young people. So when when the pandemic hit, uh, hit and schools were locked down, it meant that we couldn't have any contact with these young people. And that group had to stop. We couldn't even move it online because we didn't have consent. Um, and so that was a real hurdle and, and a real, just like, oh, that's, that's really quite sad that that happened. Um, so that, that's definitely been a hurdle. I think another hurdle is, is um, I think it's just me. I think some of the, maybe some of the places, no, I don't want to say fail, but I think I know what I could have done better was just having a bit more communication with the team. Um, and um, rather than just, because I, I like to get stuff done and sometimes I get stuff done without any distractions. Um, and I think, I, I think looking back, I, I think I wish that I'd actually checked in more with my volunteers, my team, um, and making sure that they're all okay. Like I do like have weekly meetings, but I think a bit more uh, better communication actually would have been, um, would have been better. Um, so yeah, I think those are definitely some hurdles. Um, I think some, some positives, Amy, is um, with this second lockdown with the school, um, there was the, the requirement for schools having to do testing and uh, I saw this as, a, as an opportunity to how we can keep going and still do some face-to-face youth work and be in the school. So I sent an email to the head teacher and uh, to some of the members of staff of the school we work in, and they were um, very pleased uh, for me to get involved. And so um, I've been trained in doing the lateral flow testing, the processing and the actual like, helping people do it. Uh, it's really difficult. So, yeah, it's not, it's not the nicest, most comfortable of experiences. Um, but it's been great and I, I've been going into school twice a week helping with that uh, I've got to meet parents because a lot of the volunteers who, who do it are parents which have been great so I've never really had much engagement with parents because it's it's mainly just been with the young people at school and the teachers um, and yeah and I guess the engagement with the teachers as well and also helping the young people as well so I've, I've really enjoyed that uh, experience and that's been a real positive out of this lockdown um, that actually there has been opportunity there uh, and um, it's yeah, gone really, it's, it's increased our relationship uh, with the school, which is awesome. So, yeah, I'm really, really happy about that. Um, yes, I, I think other positives as well is uh, our, you know, our, the, I'm very passionate about reaching young people online. And um, some of the stuff that we've done is uh, like almost doubles in reach um, and uh, is 
yeah, reaching more, reaching more young people, um, which is great. I love making cheesy TikTok videos or YouTube videos or still, uh, content on Instagram. And um, some of that has been doing really well. So yeah, definitely some positives in our social media reach as well. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I really loved, um, I remember seeing the picture you put up, that first picture you put up on your social media of you kind of in your PPE gear at the school with your testing and just thinking, hey, this is such a brilliant, like creative way to, as you say, to go back into make new connections with people, you know, in a time where in a lot of stuff, your work couldn't happen the same way in schools, but here was a school with a desperate need for volunteers and for people who were who were willing actually to go and meet them in this kind of space, which I think in our media has been, you know, there's a lot of fear around schools and what they look like. Are they safe? Are they not safe? And I remember just seeing that picture and thinking, yes, Ollie, what a brilliant uh, thing to be involved in. And um, But also, you know, you have been such a kind of pioneer in terms of, in Youth for Christ circles of kind of this online stuff. And I know um, a couple of years ago when I was, you know, still at, at New Youth for Christ, we were so um, grateful for your encouragement in terms of when we were really starting to think about how do we do online stuff? What does this look like? And I know that's something that you're really passionate about. And also you're, you're like really, you know, if people are wondering how do we connect with young people online, they should definitely be checking out Camberley Youth for Christ's online stuff. I mean, I'll give you oh, a little plug there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Amy. In terms of your challenges but also with your faith content and actually you know it's so easy when when we're in this kind of difficult year now into the second difficult year with the pandemic but actually to, to just see we can't do what we've done or to but actually to take that stock as you said of let's go back to why we do if the what's affected the why is still there so what does it look like to be creative or innovative or just to engage in new ways, you know, who would have thought that like to make connections with parents, which is so often the hard bit. And I know from our, my time at Youth for Christ, you get great connections with teachers, you get great connections with young people, but it can be so hard to meet those parents in the, in the middle. And who would have thought it would be over lateral flow tests for a global pandemic? I know, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you're, you're also the person to come to now for advice about COVID testing and how to make it less awkward than what it already is, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is It is quite awkward, but no, it's good. It's good. I think as well, Amy, I was, um, when you were just saying that, I was thinking how um, the, I've had quite a few, like through some of the images that I've put on social media, I've had quite a few DMs from young people asking me about it. And I know there's been a bit of anxiety around it, um, especially like for some of the young people. And uh, just trying to ease some of their needs, just let them know that actually it's the actual doing of it is done in 30 seconds. It is a bit uncomfortable, but you'll be fine. And uh, I had a, a comment from a youth, a local youth worker who said um, that they've got a young person who goes to the school that I'm doing the testing in. They said, oh, knowing that Ollie's there is going to make me feel a bit more comfortable. I was like, oh, that's great. I love that. That is wonderful. That's so nice to hear. So, yeah, no, there's, there's, there's been some positives out of it, definitely. No, it's brilliant. It's, it's just great to hear, you know, where, you know, as a church, the church I lead, you know, think, you know, where are the needs in our community? Because mm. while the way that we can engage has changed, the needs are still there. So whether it's in a, a testing centre in a school for us, you know, there's a food bank that we've helped set up here. But actually, how do we still have connections? Where do we still serve where people still need the church to be present and active? So, yeah, it's really encouraging to hear around some of the opportunities and how you know you've been stepping into them I want to chat a little bit you know the podcast is called um where's the faith and you know uh, what does it look like there's always a smile when I say we're going to talk about WTF but um 
but actually where where is god in the midst of a pandemic in terms of you know on a big picture level but also on your faith but maybe it's an introduction kind of question i just love asking people mostly because i'm always looking for recommendations but in the sense of you know has there been a, a scripture or a bible story a book a song you know has there been something that has just um you know, you found yourself coming back to throughout the year in terms of an encouragement or a challenge? Yeah. yeah. So two things I'm going to go for. So I'm going to go for a song. So right. uh, Cast Your Cares by Governor B. Okay. Um, that one um, was a real, it was played on repeat for me. And then whenever I led any prayer meetings, I was like, right, we're going to worship and we're going to listen to uh, Cast Your Cares. Um, I, I just think, because there was so much anxiety and like so much, like what's going on what's happening to the world um and so i i really love that song by governor b because it's just all about let's just let's just give it all to god let's cast our cares um he's with us and it's an absolute tune as well so yeah cast your cares by yeah. governor b um and then um a book that i've read that has really impacted me is uh, the ruthless elimination of hurry by um mark comer john comer John yes yeah that's it um John Mark Kelmer, yeah. And uh, in my, so I keep a, like a, a journal type thing. And I've actually, in the, in the front page, I've actually written a quote of his. And I, I've, it's, it's really helped me to take stock and to real like, you know, I'm a yes person. And so sometimes it's, you know, it's healthy to say no, it's good to say no. And it's important that we slow down as well. And uh, it's just a quote that he, that, that John Mark Comer says in his book, and it says, slow down, breathe, come back to the moment receive the good as a gift accept the hard as the pathway to peace abide and i just i love that and that's really spoken to me kind of during this pandemic yeah i love that book i actually read that book um probably in april or may i was reading it through with another um a vicar and really just looking at you know this enforced stop which is what happened back in that first lockdown you know into our busy culture into that sense of yeah I guess even my reflection slightly earlier on about the need to be busy and self-approval coming in that like a lot of that is rooted in some of the the difficult uh, sections because that book is so challenging mm. but so helpful as you start to unpack you know why am I rushing around? What is this based in? The, the yes person definitely can can um, relate to that. You know, people pleasing. What does that look like? I just want to be everywhere and everywhere at the same time. But actually, what does it mean to rest? What does it mean to abide? What does it mean to slow down? And actually, let's not um, spend our lives trying to do everything and miss out on what we were created to do and to be. And what does that look like? And Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just I think it's just being present, being present in the moment, being present in what's going on rather than thinking, what am I doing next? Um, I think, yeah, and I, like when I've gone for walks rather than or gone for a run instead of listening to a podcast or music, which I do like to do. I've, sometimes I've just switched off and just like just just look, just notice things, um, notice what's going on in the sky. Can you hear anything? What you know, what what's your body telling you as well? Um, I think, it, yeah, it's, it's just trying to be present with what's going on and just trying to find the good, but then also seeing the, the bad as, as uh, something that can be overcome as well. So, yeah. I love that. Hey, and then I guess that leads us into like the bigger question of, you know, 
where is the faith in the midst of a pandemic? You know, has there been things that maybe you've noticed in your Christian walk or questions that you've been wrestling with throughout the year or things that God has shown you about himself or yourself in the midst of all of these challenges? Yeah, I think, I think for me, I think again, it's going back to the why. And I think if you look at churches and uh, the church, I'm very blessed the church that I go to have embraced online and they've been doing an amazing job um, doing stuff on YouTube and doing the videos on them. And again, it, it's, it's all back to the faith is, is that if we are just a building, then, then, then we don't exist. Um, but if actually we're, we're the church is the people and it goes back to that song, doesn't it? The church is not a building or a place where people meet. Da, 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 da. I don't know that song. Oh, do you know? oh, it, was a primary, it was a primary school one that we used to do. You go. Yeah, but the point, the point is that, yeah, the church is not the building. The church is the people. And um, I used to, I, I've even said this before in youth groups that if the church burns down, I hope it never does, but if it does, then actually it doesn't stop the church from actually being the church. Um, and so, I've, you know, I'm, I've, I've seen a lot of statistics and you've, I've, I've read a lot of things that I've talked about that actually more people have engaged with church than, than before. Uh, people are connecting with alpha groups. Um, there's been more prayer before as well. Um, and so, you know, you're asking where the faith is. I think the faith is connecting and is leading through the why and leading through what we're about and, and continuing mission. Um, so I think faith, faith is, is in the mission being played out. Yeah, do you want to unpack that a little bit more? Because <laughs> in the mission being played out. Yeah, what what does that look like in a in a pandemic? In in yeah, I guess on on online. Well, I guess I think it's embracing it. I think it's uh, you know it is. Um, I guess you know the great the great uh, commission: go out and make disciples of all nations and. And uh, we can't make disciples in church because we can't go to church. So let's let's continue the missio, the missio day. Let's continue what God wants us to do. And that is embracing and having a go online, even though we're not experts, even though we're going to try and make this up as we're going along. We're still going to do it because God wants us to do it. And God wants us to, um, to for our mission to, to continue. Um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure I've impacted that that much. Well, I'm just I love that. I don't know. And I was thinking, I was, <laughs> you know, dropping minutes slightly there in the sense of, but I think, you know, what's been really interesting for me, just when you were saying that about joining in the mission, what does that look like? And I think the key word is like embracing it. Because, you know, one of the things I really noticed um, in the first lockdown, there was a real kind of, I guess, spike in interest in kind of church and what that looked like. And then I think we went through a, a phase where it was like, we all got really bored of online stuff because it was all we were doing. And then there was yeah. a kind of attitude, I think, that started to creep in around, oh, you know what, let's just like bunker down. Let's wait to come out the other side of this. And then that's when we'll get really super into stuff. I think we've now got this challenge again to, to, to embrace afresh the time that we're actually in. Let's not just yes there's there's certain things we want to wish away you know we're desperate for connections with people again you know I'm desperate to see family and we're desperate to be able to mix but actually let's not wish away all of this stuff around um in the sense of let's not wish away the next few weeks so that we can get back to what used to be normal but actually how do we embrace what is and I hate the phrase the new normal but you know it there is something in that like how do we live in the now and not just spend our whole time longing for the past or hoping for when it's different you know how do we be present now and embrace it yeah 
I love that. I'm I'm more of a now person. I when it comes to like future planning, when someone asks me what do you want to do in five years' time, I'm like, ah, I don't know. I, 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 I'm happy, and I, I think it is embracing the now, isn't it? Yeah. What is going on right now? And I love it. All these people making these strategy plans and them having to literally tear them out, throw them out the window. Strategy yeah. is important. Yes, you need to know where you're going. But if you if you spend too much detail on the strategy and then something like a pandemic happens, it could change. You've got to be flexible. You've got to, you've got to respond to the now. And and, you know, going back to some of the stuff that you said about churches doing food banks, mm-hmm. doing the school meals, that is churches doing mission in the now right now, feeding the hungry. Um, I've, uh, there's some great videos on Facebook. I've seen some vicars going out and um, giving um, clothes and food to people. Um, there's an, a wonderful church near us that is doing amazing work on the estate that they are. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it is responding. What is the need? What is what is the need right now? How can we speak love into this? How can we um, love our neighbours? Um, and that is church doing mission when it does that. I think they're so kind of cheeky and, and it you know it always draws a laugh when I say my podcast is called WTF but it's about asking like where's the faith but I think a lot of in this response stuff it's about asking where's Jesus because mm-hmm. he's not in the closed locked church building but he is at the food bank he is in those tears that people are crying because they feel you know at home frustrated the challenges of homeschooling and balancing work and questions especially at the moment when it's quite cold in terms of heating costs and bills and you know in a world of kind of uncertainty I love what you're saying around kind of around the strategy but it's everything's out the window a little bit do you know um, and I think that for me that was one of the really interesting things of 2020 was you know there were all these things we were even if we thought our only foundation and the only thing we were building our lives upon was Jesus actually if we're honest we'd put a lot of um a lot of security in be it money or in jobs or in even you know the the weird cycle that we get into of I'm going to like slog out at work because I know I'll have this holiday in six weeks and it'll all be fine all of our rhythms were turned upside down and actually it was about saying well what am I putting my faith in like what am I trusting in I sing the songs about church not being the building but people but do I really believe it like do you know mm-hmm. and it's been a really fascinating time I guess of trying to unpack some of that stuff too yeah. And I, I do think this time people's identities have really been impacted. You know, my identity is that I that I go to my work that I and some people have been made redundant. And, um, you know, I've you've I've heard of leaders that have said, like, I feel like I'm not a leader anymore because I'm not I'm not in my church. I'm not in my church building. It's like, well, you know, what is what is our identity based on? And, and if we just base it on these, like maybe one thing, then when that breaks, then it, it makes it fragile. But if we, if we have our identity in Christ that, and the promises that we have in the Bible, but then we also have our identity, you know, if we're a, a dad or a mom or a husband, wife, partner, that we have part of that in there, that we have, uh, you know, interests, we have some of that tied into it. And if, you know, um, if one of these breaks and all the others still stand, um, so I, I do think that that's that's important as well. That our identity isn't just based on again, just just like what we do. Um, For me, you know, that kind of key thing you said right at the start around it's not about our what, but our why. And I think that's kind of just underlying and coming through and and kind of everything you're saying. Like, why is this? The what has changed, but actually, what are some of these core things in my identity, in my job, in my faith, and how do I cling on to those? core things the the why the vision the reason 
and then be flexible in terms of strategy if we want to talk about that in that kind of technical language or flexible just in my outlook for what I think this week or this month or this year could even start to look like you know mm. what would you say to someone if they were struggling if they were asking that where's the faith question what would be your encouragement um, I guess I, I guess I'd maybe point them back to the Bible and say, um, read uh, the Gospels, maybe read um, Mark or even or even Acts as well. I think um, I think we're we're living in a time with Bible illiteracy, and um, I think if we're able to go back to the Bible and and pray about it as well, I think and and, and we need to have honest conversations with God. Um, and saying like you know God I'm really struggling at the moment and I'm, I'm reaching out to you and I um, you know hear my prayer and, and that type of thing and I, I think that's where our faith can can be well that's where the faith where faith can be um, I think one more thing as well to say and I heard this great analogy that uh, like people have asked like do I need to go to church in order to be a Christian okay well the answer to that is no you don't not necessarily but um, when we are part of a Christian community, we have friends who are Christian, we have um, people that we connect with who are who are a Christian, then it's like uh, like a, um, a fire and you've got coals in there. And when the coals are together, they burn together. But if you take one uh, 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 on its own and you isolate it, it gets cold really quick. And so I think faith, a living, thriving faith is in a community, is in a in a Christian believing community. Um, and so I think if, you know, if someone has been to church, I'd, you know, contact the church. If they've got a home group, you know, a small group of people who are um, Christian, then then join that as well. Yeah. So I've kind of said three things there. Bible, pray, Christian community. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect because actually it's so easy to I guess one of the new words that we all, some of the new words that we're used to are social isolation, shielding, bubble, and all these things mean different things. And it has been a year, I think, of feeling disconnected, of feeling isolated. And also that important point, if, if you're feeling that way in your faith, you know, if how can you engage afresh in stuff? And I like what you're saying, you know, is there a connect group? Is there a home group you can join? Is there a Bible study? Is it just a way of making connections with people who are also feeling the same frustrations of, you know, I so miss going to church with people. I so miss singing together and checking in that cup of tea at the end of the service. Those that we can't do that now, but we can still connect. We can still go on those faith conversations. We can still be encouraging and cheering one another on. We can still be praying for each other. So, you know, as you're saying, like let's let's dig deep into scripture. Let's pray as if our our lives, our faiths, and the world depends upon it. And let's get connected because we weren't made to do faith, as you're saying, in isolation. You know, mm. don't want to be that coal that's taken out the fire and goes cold. When if it was still in the fire, it's kept warm by the others. It's a really mm. cool analogy, and I think a really helpful one. Of I did not come up with that. I stole that no, from no, somewhere. No. But I can't remember where. I can't remember who it thought. Whoa, that's a good one. I don't remember that. <laughs> it's so helpful, right? Because it's, you're on your own. Even what you're saying about your university experience, you know, of mm. not being connected into church and, and faith kind of being sidelined maybe by some of the other things where you were in good connection with people, you know, where mm. there was good community. I mean, we go where we feel embraced and loved and where there's connection, right? So it's little wonder that when we are then not part of something it it, it drops in our priority list and, mm. I, and so I think that's one of our real challenges of the last year is how do we stay connected how do we keep going how, who are we encouraging and who's encouraging and, and speaking life into mm. us 
want to finish on a kind of, I guess, a hopeful note. You never kind of know. But, but as we kind of think about the year ahead, what are some of your hopes for, you know, the next 12 months, say? Oh, very good. So I, I, I've mentioned it before, but with work, uh, we are hoping to employ a part time youth worker. So that that's one of our big hopes. Uh, we've got a fundraiser that's happening in March and uh, we're trying to raise around four thousand pounds. And uh, it's a it's a fitness fundraiser. And so uh, the hope is that it goes well and um, that people buy into the vision of what we're trying to do. Um, so, I, you know, those are kind of, that's one of the biggest goals that I have. And I, another goal as well is that I just want to make sure that the work that I lead uh, is Christ-centered, that we are wrapped in prayer, um, and that we are completely connected with, with local churches as well, um, because that's part of who we are and, and what we're about. You know, we're not, we, again, we don't want to just do our youth work and our schools work in isolation. Actually, we we want to feed local churches and um, we want to do it in partnership together. So yeah, strengthen those partnerships. Those are kind of the goals that I have for this year when it comes to work. Yeah. I've got personal goals as well, but. <laughs> Tell us about your goals. Well, I, well so um, I've got uh, some like fitness goals that I wanted to do. So um, just keeping up my running, um, I, I, I'm reading books as well. Um, I I try and read as much as I can. Um, I set like I set habits rather than like I want to read this many books. Um, so like my habits that I've set is um, like drinking plenty of water every day, um, doing exercise, uh, ten thousand steps. Uh, reading my bible praying every day um and reading just two pages of a book but i end up reading more anyway um and just yeah just like setting like habit kind of goals i love that reading two pages a day knowing that you will sometimes read more but actually rather than yeah a target that then becomes a burden actually saying what's something that will bring enjoyment and yeah i love that i'm going to take that as a top tip from you ollie (laughs) yeah you should take it another top tip for you if you want to read more when when you make your bed, well, I hope you make your bed in the morning, yep. place your book or if you read in your bed, place your book on your pillow. So when you go to bed, it's like, ah, book, I read you at night. <laughs> and, when, and when you said it as something as small as two pages, even when you've got no motivation, when you can't be bothered, two page, you can still read two pages. Anyone can read two pages. Love that. Love that. Hey, Ollie, it's been so great to chat, to hear a little bit of your 2020, some of the the good stuff, some of the difficult stuff, some of them, I guess that real challenge for all of us listening around um, when the what changes, what's the why and how do you cling on to that? Some of that stuff around how to be creative or innovative to find new ways through a problem that doesn't go away. And also, I guess, just that real challenge that, you know, I've heard multiple times about how do we embrace where we are? Let's not wait for it to pass. But what are the opportunities? Where Where's the faith? You know, where's God in the midst of all this stuff? And how do we keep going? How do we keep in touch? As you said, the Missio Dei. How do we how do we still see where God's at work and join in with him? Hey, I'm super encouraged. And I just want to say a huge thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to, to come and chat and encourage us. So thank you so much, mate. No, pleasure. Thank you so much for the invitation, Amy. Well, what a fantastic conversation. I don't know about you, but I'm always challenged by conversations with Ollie, his positive, can-do, flexible attitude, his joy and hope in sharing the good news of Jesus. Where have we ended up just thinking about our what's and being discouraged in the last 12 months? What are the whys for what we do? What is our focus on? 
Why do we follow Jesus? How can we still respond in new ways to sharing the same message with the world? If you've enjoyed this conversation, why not subscribe to the WTF podcast so you never miss another conversation? Why not share it with others who too might be encouraged by what Ollie had to share? Until next time, I hope you keep safe and we look forward to chatting again. WTF pandemic, where's the faith in the midst of coronavirus? Thanks for listening. Bye now.